God. So today we're going to talk about the fact that conversion brings healing. Conversion brings healing. Amen. <clears throat> now, there is a place where we give people instruction. And one thing that's good about instruction is that if it's based on truth and it's based on God's word and people follow instruction, they'll get the results of following instruction. But it's another thing to really understand what you are being instructed to do. Many times when we're instructed to do certain things, we, get, we can get into a routine and a habit of just the doing of them and almost take it outside of the realm of faith and obedience in the Spirit of God. Sometimes we can get in a habit of listening to the Word. You know what I'm saying? Just every day, pick up that Bible, put in your time, you know, and check yourself off for the day and keep going. That's never what God intended. He, he meets us in his word. That word is alive. It's the mind of God. It's the heart of God. It's the spirit of God. It's the words of God. It is God present with us. And so we have to understand that there is a, a living component to God's word that ministers life to us. That we should expect life to come to us. We should expect results to come. We should expect that God will uh, unfold understanding, mysteries, all of that. Every time we go into the word. And so it's, it's good to, to have a routine for the word. But it's also to not get so routine that you become robotic about it. You just go in, put in your time. Like I said, come out of the word. And that's all there is to it. It's good also if we can go into the word of God without any motives. Got me? Remember the old days you go to the Bible and try to prove somebody was wrong and you were right. Huh? <laughs> so now when you go to the word, it's, it's a humbling experience. Father, I don't know what I need today, but you know what I need and I want you to feed me from what's you have here and direct my my eyes to look upon the right things that I need from day to day. And so we make it a personal experience of revelation between us and God. And so then God is able <clears throat> through our efforts to contact him through the word to do some things for us that desperately need to be done in us. And one of them is healing. There is nothing that we need more than to be made whole. Amen. Now that term made whole is a legal term. We've talked about this before and I'll try to, to sum it up as, as simply as I can. In legal uh, um, business and the matters that pertain to the law and, and the laws of different countries and, and states and so forth and so on, there are certain laws, certain things that are allowed and certain things that are not allowed. The things that are not allowed are things that take away from the human experience, what every human being is entitled to receive. So say, for instance, the laws of our country are geared toward people pursuing a free life, a life where they can feel free to pursue 
life, liberty, etc., etc., without uh, anybody uh, oppressing them and opposing them, uh, stealing from them anything that upsets your uh, your harmony in life or upsets your plans that you have set out for your life. You've made certain provision for yourself. You've done certain things to provide life for yourself. And if anything comes out of the out of the ordinary that violates your pursuit of that, then you have been wronged and you have suffered injury. And our laws provide that you can go to the law and be made whole. Because somebody has taken something, taken your wholeness away from you. Say, for instance, if you leave your home and you lock it up the best way you can, somebody comes in, breaks in, and steals your property, you want to be made whole. Now, there are certain ways we provide for that. For instance, you have insurance where you can file a claim, and the insurance company has underwritten your wholeness. You pay them, and they guarantee that in event of such and such and such and such, they will make you whole. Got me? So all laws that are enacted are enacted in a way to make someone whole. That means you have a peace that nothing is missing, nothing's broken. Everything that you worked for is there. Everything that you set your heart on is there. Everything that you uh, they, that was intended for you in the planning of what you're doing with your life has been restored to you. And that's what God does with us in his covenant with us. When he created us in the garden through deception, We had a life taken away from us. It was a life that God intended for each and every one of us to live. He intended for us to live in peace and harmony and wealth and prosperity and nothing missing, nothing broken, everything restored, everything there, nothing ever missing from our lives. And we would have whole, full, entire lives. When Jesus went to the cross, he paid the price for us to be made whole. We need to get away from thinking about this uh, salvation in increments. You get saved. You know you go to heaven and maybe you get healed. Or maybe you can get a good job. Or maybe you know he died that we would be made whole. 100% whole. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Everything restored. If anything's not the way it was when God intended, he will replace it and make it better. If you have a, a, an antique piece, it's been stolen. They will do you better than what you would say they can't. There's no hope to get it back anymore. They say, well, we can't. Get this back for you because it was a one of a kind. Well, how do you put a value on a one of a kind? Well, they estimate it as best they can. And because it's one of a kind, they will usually increase the value of it by a certain percentage to cover any uh, grief, loss, pain, suffering, trauma. They even try to cover that for you in making you whole. 
So when Jesus died that we would be made whole, he died for us to be restored in every way. Spirit, soul, mind, body. Nothing missing, nothing broken. And more besides because of the pain, suffering, and torment that you have experienced. That's why the Bible, see that clause in, in our covenant that says, He is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above, beyond all that you could ask or think that's to make you whole for pain and suffering that's your pain and suffering clause huh so why do we doubt why do we fear what man can do why do we subject ourselves to man's dictates in our lives hmm? We have a covenant that more than restores us. It makes us whole. You know, sometimes you'll have situations where, you know, for instance, in a a domestic situation, sometimes people, you know, they can't do any better, get divorced. We split everything down 50-50. But both parties walk away still. See, you wonder why they ever thought of that as a solution to begin with, but they're not smart enough to try to figure out how to get along. Huh? And so even though we split everything down the middle as best we can, you get your half, they get their, it's, both parties are usually still left very dissatisfied. Because there are some things you cannot put a financial value on. How about lost dreams? Hopes that you can't get back. Things that you plan that will never happen. How do you put a value on that? But God. Huh? God. He promises us joy unspeakable and full of glory. See, joy you can't buy. That's what's been robbed from most people. It's a sense of contentment, well-being, joy. You know, where you you had a breach in a a relationship with a person. How do you decide to reconcile with that person if they're still alive? Or how do you decide if that person's passed away? How do you decide that you can build a new life with somebody else? You have to have something placed within you that is substantial that can hold you up and cause you to hope that that's going to work out well for you. See, wholeness does that. Wholeness means nothing's missing. It's a new day. It's like nothing wrong ever happened in your life before because of what God's power. He's the only one who can do this, folks. I don't care. You can go to the best counseling you want to go to in the world. They will never heal your soul. They can tell you you're okay. They can tell you you deserve better. They can tell you you're free to do this and free to do that. Go find your own happiness. But you've got to go out and find it. They can't impart anything to you. But God can. Because he puts the blame rightfully where it belongs. Huh? And if we will enter in the covenant with him in the full by forgiving those people who have offended us, 
so that he can take our souls and make them whole again. You don't want a fragmented soul. You don't want every time you think about somebody, you know, you want to go on snapped. Uh I'm just driving by their house and I snapped. Well, you meant to be driving by the house and you meant to snap. You snapped before you got in your car. Huh? But see, <clears throat> there have been many of us who have gone through traumatic things and we ain't snapped yet. We thought we would snap, but we ain't snapped yet. Huh? We snapped into wholeness. Soundness. Huh? Ain't missed that old rap too much, have you? If it wasn't for a name on a prayer request, y'all know what I'm talking about. Huh? This is more than a happy song. This is joy unspeakable and full of glory. There's a fullness in glory where you don't miss people like you thought you was going to miss them. God becomes your portion. Like it should have been from the beginning. Had no business putting our confidence in folks to begin with. But we didn't know any better. That's all you knew. Huh? That's all you knew. So God wants to make us whole through conversion. It's conversion that brings healing. And healing is always wholeness. It's, it's a step to wholeness. I'll put it that way. So in, uh, let me see. Where do I want to go to? In Luke, I think it's Luke chapter 8. No, let me go to Luke 22. Sorry about that. Ah, Luke 22, Matthew 13, whichever one. Let me see which one. Let me see what Matthew 13 says because I want to get the right scripture to start out with. Yeah, go to Matthew 13, start in verse 15. Jesus talking about the religious Pharisees. He said, these people's heart is whacked wax gross in other words they're hardened of heart their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes they have closed so there are three parts to healing he says lest at any time they should see with their eyes hear with their ears understand with their heart and should be converted and i should heal them so there are three, four, three parts to healing, really. He's hearing, seeing, understanding, con- being converted, and then being healed. This is why people who just sit and listen to the word and don't know why they're listening to it, quit on it pretty soon. Or they're easily distracted because they have no understanding of where they're going. Well, just listen to it until you're healed. Well, if you can have faith and do that, I mean, somebody's offered you a lifeline. 
It's better than what the doctors give you. They tell you to take it, and if it don't work, come back, they'll give you something else. That's why medicine's called the practice. So the four parts to healing. First is to hear. Jesus said, lest at any time. That's why when people ask you how long they have to listen to a tape, you can't give them an answer. Because they could be healed at any time. They can be healed the first time they listen to it. Sometimes it might take a year listening to it consistently. We don't know. We don't know, but we know that it can happen at any time. And once conversion is, is full, it's pretty dramatic after that. I mean, that thing leaves immediately. That's why many times when people come to the altar, they've kind of made up their minds they're going to trust God. And then they get into the flow of listening to the word and responding to the anointing and yielding to the anointing. And many people will get a, a, a healing in a limb Ears will start to open up and they'll hear again. Eyes they'll be able to see again because you can be healed at any time because this process is going on as long as you're in those steps. See, as long as you're hearing, seeing, believing, and understanding, you can be converted and healed at any time. That's why they happen in meetings. You're in an atmosphere where you're insulated from the world And you can hear and see very well in a meeting. Your attention is focused 100% on God. And if you are distracted in a a highly anointed meeting, come get deliverance first and then go sit back down again. You got me? Because the devil's stealing from you. See, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to stay alert and attentive, especially when you need something from God. I've seen it more often than not. The devil put people to sleep because they're so used to giving in to their souls. You know, just, yeah, we, we struggle like, I struggle like anybody else. We have conferences and we live on three hours of sleep a night. And cook and babysit, do everything else and nanny and pray for people and all kinds of stuff. But I made up my mind I wasn't going to let the devil rob me of what I put forth all this effort to come in to get, not through getting up going, greeting, meeting people. If you want to see me, see me after the meeting or something. But I'm going to sit here and get what God has for me. To pay these people all this money, put them up and feed them and stuff. They're going to teach me something. I'm going to get something out of the meeting. See, that's where you have to be with everything in life. You have to set a value on things. And you have to put, get in there, get what you came to get, and not pull out until you got what you came to get. You hear me? You have to fight yourself, your flesh, the devil, and everybody else to get what God has for you. It ain't easy. So you got to make up your mind, I'm going to withstand this, and I'm going to get what God sent me here to get, and I'm not going home empty-handed anymore. And I'm not going to sit up and feel sorry for myself because I didn't get but three or four hours last night. And console yourself with a nap in the meeting. That's nonsense. Ain't staying the devil. Hate that devil. And then when it's time to go, you wake up, you want to go to the restaurant, you want to go everywhere. 
Got all kind of energy then. Talking a mile a minute to everybody. That's why God says, look, son, hey, pay attention to me. Give my word your full attention. Why? Because the devil is trying to steal the attention from me. And I want your full attention because I have something that's going to help you. I have something that's going to do you good. I have something that's going to heal you. And you're going to have to fight him for my attention and my affection. It's just rude to have somebody over here and over here at the same time. It's rude to both people. So we need to understand honoring God, respecting that that he has plan this for us he set aside healing for us he set aside revelation and understand he set aside all these things so what should we do we should honor him by giving him our full attention to that and we're not doing him any favors it's for us that we do this we're the main recipients of the good of it so my thing is this full attention for as long as you can give him full attention if you need a break go take a break but go back to full attention if you're not healed you got me Full attention. So hearing. In Luke 8.43. Now we'll go there and I'll show you. The benefit of healing. Verse 43. A woman having the issue of blood 12 years. Which has spent all her living. Upon physicians. Now, that's somebody who's already been through the routine of take this, and if it don't work, come back with Gisa. Now, see, they jerked her around like that for years. Huh? She had an issue of blood 12 years. Now, it's funny. The, the guy that came before her with the daughter was 12 years old. The, the, the year that girl was born, that woman started that yeah. disease. You see what I'm saying? She's been as sick as long as his little girl has been alive. What do you think? It's about time? I think it's about time. And it says this. Uh huh. Spent all her living on doctors, couldn't be healed of any. Came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately the issue of her blood stopped. Immediately. She was converted. When she got to Jesus and she touched him, she was already converted in her soul. She had made up her mind when the, when the Holy Spirit told her if she could but touch his garment, she would be made whole. Now let me show you where that one is. Uh, let me see. We'll try to. <laughs> I got so many. Hang on. I think it's Mark 5. Which one did I give you? Let me try Mark 5 and see what that one says. Yeah, Mark 5:25. Certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and spent all she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse when she had When she had heard of Jesus. Now, we don't know how many times she heard. 
she might have heard sometimes and wasn't on her way to the doctor and thought, well, I, no, I don't need him. I'm going to the doctor. Hmm? Or she might have heard of him and, and not really paid attention to what he had done for other people. All she knew is he was a popular man and everybody was following him. Or she figured, well, I don't need to follow nobody. I'm not no groupie. I got money. I can go to the doctor. Huh? But it's something about hearing and hearing. You can hear on a superficial level, but then you can hear on an intent level. And this woman began to pick up little understandings of what he did for other people, what he might be able to do for her. So this word heard doesn't mean she heard about him for the first time and ran after him. That means she heard within herself as she meditated on what she heard. She took it in. She embraced it. She followed Proverbs 4.20 that says, attend to my word and climb your ear to my sayings. Don't let it depart from your eyes and keep it in the midst of your heart because it's life to you. So she heard something and she finally embraced what she heard and quit trying to think she heard it before. We get so much stolen from us because we think we heard something before. Our scripture is familiar and you would have read it a million times and that's the problem. You would have read it too many times and never parked on it and decided you were going to grab it for yourself. I'm telling you, that's that's the difference between two people sitting up in the same service for 20 years. One of them gets healed and walks in divine health. Another one's, you know, got ibuprofen in the purse and the shoes and the, you know, medicine cabinet under the bed. (laughs) Motrin. I got to have my Motrin's. I don't know what I'm talking about. Listen, if you heard and take your pill, you know what I'm saying. I mean, this ain't no time to just try to jump out there on wings and think you're going to fly. But let us incline our ear just, just by the outside chance that you might embrace this word for real. Just maybe you might decide you're going to believe what you hear. Well, the Bible says that the the children of Israel, the word didn't benefit them. Why? They didn't mix it with faith. Huh? They just let Moses talk and they kept making golden calves, you know, melting down their rings and stuff. (laughs) Huh? Give us something we can see. Huh? Isn't that the way people are? We don't want to not have something. We got to have an appointment card in our hand right. huh? and a prescription pad when we come out of there. Right. Attend to my word. Right. Listen to what I'm telling you. Huh? Don't listen to that. Listen to what I'm telling you. You got a covenant with God. He's telling you something. He said, you listen to my word, everything I say will bring life and health to all of your flesh. Amen. 
Don't listen to that. Turn Dr. Oz off. He even telling women how to straighten their hair. Now, what that man know anything about? Listen, you get an audience, you liable to say anything to anybody. You know, people are like that. He didn't got to be an expert on anything now. <laughs> I'm not. I'm going here. All right, I'm back. I'm back again. I want to go back on this. But people done got stone crazy, folks. I mean, they're getting crazier about a minute. We've long since passed a place where you had to be credentialed to be able to give people advice. I don't care if it's on their health or whatever it is. You, you don't even have to have any kind of credentials to do that. You just have to get up there and start talking. Where was I? I was with this lady. Says <laughs> so she heard, verse 27, when she had heard of Jesus. Now that, that word had in front, it implies over and over again. Huh? It implies over and over again. So it wasn't the first time that she heard. So don't get it twisted. But there was a time where she heard it enough times. And she mixed it with faith enough times. She considered it precious enough times. That it suddenly fell on the inside of her. It wasn't in her head anymore. Where she could try and debate somebody as to how much scripture she knew. knew, Like the Pharisees do. Huh? What did she hear about Jesus? She heard the same thing he told everybody. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. Huh? To heal the sick. To proclaim this is the acceptable day. You don't have to wait for the Messiah to come anymore. He's here. Huh? You can be healed at any time. She heard that he was anointed. She heard that he was full of power. She heard that he healed Jews and Gentiles alike, but he had come to the Jewish people first. So she had heard enough about him to convince her. In conversion, your soul gets convinced of the truth. And it does not accept lies anymore. Your soul is convinced of the truth. What you are doing when you listen to the word over and over, that same tape, CD, over and over and over again. You could read it backwards and forth, up and down and sideways. You know all the words. You are convincing your soul. To give up the fight to keep you sick. Amen. Hear what I said? Yes. Your soul is so tied to the natural realm. Yes. It is keeping you sick. Yes. 
So when you bombard, bombard yourself. Ha! I'm healed by his stripes. None of these diseases. You can't have me. I'm healed. None of these diseases. Huh? Oh, your soul will get convinced that he's whooped, honey. But you got to keep doing it and know you're doing it to convince your soul to quit telling you lies that you're sick when you have a covenant with God and Jesus paid for it with his own blood. Huh? So you lawyer up. Huh? Look, soul. Symptoms. Talk to my attorney. There is a verdict already rendered in heaven that I am disease-free by his blood. You can't stay in me. I don't care how long you've been in me. You can't have me anymore. I am free. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. You can't buy me back. I've been bought with the highest price that's ever been paid for anything in the world. So she heard. She heard and it shook her up. Shook her up on the inside. See, there are times when there <clears throat> we're dealing with strongholds in our minds where, you know, that we've been we've held on to this for so long. You ever start getting inklings that you've been wrong about something for a long time? And you 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 feel like stripped or naked or something when that. So what you mean to tell me what? You mean? Then your soul will start to bargain to steal it from you. Huh? Well, I don't believe I was that silly to sit up and believe that all that time I can't believe I see judgment and if you let that thing win you'll let go of what was just revealed to you huh? you will oh my I can't believe that now nobody in the room but you and Jesus but you feel like the whole world knows how crazy you are and how stupid you were and how I can't believe I, 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 you know. See, that's your wicked little soul judging your spirit man who's down there has been screaming to you for 15 years. Hey, can you let me out? Hey, I want to live. Hey, I'll do you good. Y'all seen that crazy movie Beetlejuice where he's begging to come out. That's your spirit, man, trying to get, hey, come here. (laughs) Say my name three times and let me out of here. That's your spirit, man, trying to get out over all the nonsense you push on him all the time. The evil report, the health people, the non-health people, you know, all that stuff that we're bombarded with continually. And God is saying, hey, listen to me, son, come here. Hey, son, come here. Listen to what I'm saying. And everybody has a voice. You know? 
you got that's why miracles are a little rare yeah. in the earth yeah. because of what you got to push out of the way yeah. and get past and not recognize and even though it seems familiar to you it seems like it makes sense to you over here yeah. you know like uh, 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 oh obesity is tied to like 15 different diseases you know and so you say well gee here I am I used to be a size 10 and you know look at me now huh Oh, I'm a glutton. Huh? You know what glutton is? It's a judgment word. It's not in the Ten Commandments. Huh? God, Jesus said, look, it's not what you, that defiles you. It's what you look at that you ain't supposed to have. So I'll give you the big ten to stay away from. And we'll work on the rest of your things you don't like, you know. And, and Huh? If he can give, forgive a murderer, he can forgive you he eat too much. Huh? Isn't that what they told Jesus? Isn't that what they accused him of? They couldn't accuse him of any kind of sin. He wasn't a womanizer. He wasn't an adulterer. He didn't uh, neglect his parents. He was obedient from the time he was on this world. But what does he say? Oh, he eats too much and he drinks wine. Hmm? See, we can make up sins as we go and condemn ourselves for them. Or we can consider ourselves redeemed from the curse. I don't care what it is. That's got you ensnared. Huh? I'd love to be a 12 again. I don't know what happened to me in my mid-40s. I remember my mother telling me it would happen, though. You understand what I'm saying? I remember distinctly her telling me. Don't be laughing at me. Just wait till you get my age. You understand? Huh? And it's a struggle. And some of us are more motivated to win the struggle than others at different times. You got me? That's not excusing it, but I tell you one thing, I'm not going to let the devil kill me with any disease because of it. I'm not going to embrace disease. Are you kidding me? God don't want to do that to me. You understand me? He has bought me back from the power of disease, even eating too much. Got me? Let the devil kill you with accusation. He'll try anything. Get you to accept diabetes and high blood pressure? Well, look at you. There you are. You're overweight. People have been fat all their lives. You know, my mother was like 300-something pounds, and she was never diabetic. She never had high blood pressure. Huh? Not that it was good for her. But come on now, folks. We embrace too much of the world's wisdom which all they're doing is chasing down symptoms just because they can. Now they can look at people and see what, what, what background are you. Pretty soon they're going to be killing you because of your background. Huh? And we know that you're redeemed from the curse of your background. So it doesn't mean anything. Pharisaical accusations. 
religious people. That's all they have on Christians. Y'all Christians eat too much. Listen, you should take my hoodia and take my goodia and take my bootia. Whatever, I don't know. It got all kind of crazy. And then, then you, oh, your, your, your brain cells are dying fast every day. Huh? So you need this ginkgo. So pretty soon, all you can afford is pills. So that takes care of the overweight problem. See, you can listen to the world or you can, uh, son, pay attention to my words. I didn't tell you that. That didn't come from me. Huh? Didn't come from me. Where did it come from? I don't know, but don't pay attention to it. Don't try to be a detective. Where did that word come from? Is that the devil? Is that me? It don't matter. If it don't line up with God's word, get rid of it. Okay? Let's get rid of it. So the first thing God wants you to do is hear. She heard. This is why God has preachers. And I mean gospel preachers. (laughs) The good news. It's always the same. Turn away from your wicked ways. Second Chronicles seven fourteen on down to, uh, you know, John three sixteen. Huh? Repent of your sins. Incline your ear to God's saying. So this is why God ordains preachers to preach the gospel. Your ear allows access to God's truth. Anything else is a lie. Your symptoms are a lie. Now I know ministers will say stuff to you like, oh, but, but, you know, people do have disease. Well, the disease is a lie. Whether they're on a saint or they're on anybody else, they're still a lie. Why? Because they're produced by the father of lies. See, that's his stuff. God don't have disease. That came from from iniquity, which came from their father, the devil. He's not my father anymore. He's not yours either, if you say. Huh? But he's still lying to you. He's still telling you you belong to him. That's what sickness is. It's a claim by the father of lies on your life. That's all he do until you belong to him. He said, you, you don't belong to God. You still belong to me. Look at you sick. You better lawyer up. See, you can't think your way out of that. When you can, All you got to do is make a plea. Enter a plea. Huh? Because huh? it's an accusation. See, we embrace it as a fact or as a truth. Well, you know, sometimes uh, you got to deal with facts. No, you don't. Amen. Amen. No, you don't. Amen. 
you don't have to deal with nothing. Anything that's temporary has a time limit on it, and you can wait it out. You don't have to deal with nothing. Huh? Just keep living for God. Keep worshiping God. Keep your covenant strong with him. Huh? Even if you don't have a lot of smarts in God, you can wait most things out. Because anything that's of this world is temporary, temporal, and has a time limit on it. Huh? They ain't going to be here forever. I don't care if it's something you were born with. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. Called you a certain way. He didn't call you sick. He didn't call you lame. He didn't call you halt. He didn't call you blind. He called you perfect. You care how long it's been around. There was a man that was born blind in the Bible. Jesus gave him his sight. Huh? Amen. These things of this world are temporary. That's why pain goes away. Whether you take something for it, do something about it, or whatever, is going to leave you. Because in case it's temporary, it's all temporary. I tell you one thing, though. You put the word on it, it'll leave faster. Do you have a covenant? Backed up by the blood of Jesus. Anybody dispute that, man, and they start contending with the blood? Are you kidding me? The blood starts testifying for you? The devil don't even want to tangle with that. He don't want to tangle with that. The Bible says if the princes of this world had known what they were, they never would have crucified. They never would have done that. Never would have. Dragged the devil through the corridors of hell. Made an open show, the Bible says. Made an open show of him and he trying to put illness on you and parade him around as somebody important. How dare he? Huh? No, he don't want to meet your lawyer. Huh? He really don't. He'd have met him before. Even before Jesus went to Calvary, the devils were begging, have you come to torment us before the time? It ain't time yet. I know I got a few more centuries here on earth. They told me you wasn't coming, you ain't going to get us until. They're such deceivers, they don't even believe God will keep his own promise. They knew there's a time set for their torment, and they know Jesus could call it if the Father told him he could. Because they know the love the Father has for the Son. What? Dad gave you permission to torment us before the time? Give us a little more time down there. So he let him go into the pigs. Huh? But he had to come out to men. You're worth more than a pig, folks. I don't care what the New Age people tell you. I don't care what the tree huggers tell you. He has more value made in his image. 
I always look at it as God sat down, looked in the mirror one day and said, I think I can take this clay here and make somebody just like me. Yeah. We sat there and looked in the mirror and said, <laughs> Then he blew on him and brought him to life. Yeah. Now, if you think God devalues himself, He can't devalue himself. He's holy. When you're holy, that means there's nothing wrong with you. Judge, God looked at himself. He said, holy. It's like the Fonz used to. Nothing wrong to fix. Huh? That's why the Bible says he's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. He's holy. Without blame. Nothing wrong with him. He doesn't have to change. He's perfect in all his ways. So, once she heard, she heard of Jesus. And she did something. Your hearing must move you to do something. Or you haven't heard. Well, I went to the healing meeting and I didn't get healed. Keep hearing. And keep letting it move you. Well, I went to Benny Hinn and I've been prayed for by the best and I didn't get healed. Keep hearing. And let it move you. Well, I've been the best of them, and I don't see why I should have to come to you because you're not you're not like Benny Hinn. Keep hearing and let it move you. Huh? See, faith doesn't quit. Not the faith of Jesus, come on, that's what we're supposed to have. We've got the faith of the Son of God in us, right? Faith of the Son of God doesn't quit until it gets the job done. And then it goes and does another job with that faith. You got me? It does not quit. It doesn't take a time out to feel sorry for itself because it's been through all these meetings and still didn't get anything. That's a problem. You just went. You weren't sent. See, when you're sent somewhere, God's not wasting your time. When you're sent somewhere, he has a divine appointment for you. He'll fulfill questions that you've had for years, answers that you need. He confirms his word. The Lord's been speaking to me recently about confirmed word ministries. And he's telling his people, I want you in ministries, in meetings where the word is confirmed. You played around long enough with getting your ears tickled and wanting to be where the big people are enough. So I think we need to put that on our new phone app. 
Ministry of the Watchman, a confirmed word ministry. And let people start questioning what that means. Get a religious people something to blow their minds on again. We haven't messed with their heads in a long time. Huh? Did he confirm his word to you, brother? Told you to come here and almost ran you over with your own car, which you sold to somebody. (laughs) Don't take it lightly. See, when God ain't playing with you, that means that you put a serious prayer before him and he needs to let you know he's answering your prayer. He felt you and he wants you to feel him. Huh? Jesus said, be careful how you hear. How do you hear? Do you hear and then turn away? You hear and say you heard it before or that was a good good sermon? See, the Pharisee in us wants to judge things all the time. Huh? Give a checkbook, good, bad. It didn't tickle me. Wasn't what I needed, but it was okay. You know, so for somebody else. Huh? <laughs> we need to hear the word with everything that's in us. You know what? <laughs> Have you heard some of the stuff people are preaching on television now? We got people selling you stuff for doomsday so you can pile yourself up in a basement. Listen, honey, if Jesus is coming, that's the only end of the world I'm thinking about. And I'm ready or I can keep working. It just depends on what he, what kind of mood is he in right now. Ready to get married? You ain't ready to get married? I'll keep working. You understand me? I'm not trying to store up. I could care less. Do you realize how long it would take me to eat what's in my freezer alone? Just... And I know how to blow life on it, too. If it's been in there looking funny at me, I... That ties me in new life. You think I really care about that? And it ain't because I'm old either. I heard that. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Be kind. Crime against the elderly perpetrated up in here. So how do you hear? See, God's made it so easy for us. You got a couple meetings a week where you got to give it your full attention. You can go out empowered. You know, just worship him through the week, give you a little time in the Bible, you know, and and keep playing your tapes because you got to get all the revelation that's there. You know, the preacher don't even remember everything. You know what I'm saying? That's how gifts operate. They just pour out. Sometimes I listen, I say, hmm. That sounded very profound. Let me grab that. Huh? But it is very important how you hear. You hear for a little bit and then give up and turn away from the truth. You know, Jesus talked about the different, the parable of the sower, the types of ground that the word was sown in. 
He talked about like the four different types of ground, you know, thorny ground and all that kind of stuff. In Matthew 13, you'll see that. You have to be careful the condition of your heart. You can't take the word lightly. You've got to come in giving it your full attention. You can't come in discouraged. That's what praise and worship is for. For you to release all of that stuff and let God prepare your heart to receive the word. So there's no excuse, you know. And so it, it, Matthew 13, 3, a sower went forth, forth to sow. He sowed some seeds that fell on the wayside. That's when you come to church and half asleep most of the time. Huh? Because I'll tell you something about what God has ordained for us with the ministry gifts. He's ordained that that word would be delivered to you alive. So you don't have to kind of glean through the word on your own and try to figure out what that means. And then, you know, send somebody an email on their website and ask them a bunch of questions. You know, when I get that from people, I tell them, you need to go to church. I can tell you don't go to church. Because this is not a game of 20 questions. This is, this is an operation of feeding his sheep. Your mind is more hungry than your spirit is. You think this is a mind game. Huh? It has nothing to do with your mind. Huh? Nothing. But they'll ask you, I don't waste my time with people like that anymore. I used to feel like, well, maybe I can help. You can help people like that. Because there's something wrong with people who don't want to be around God's people. Because them your kith and your kin. So there's something wrong with that. When you don't want to, you claim you love God and yet you reject his people. The Bible says that there's something wrong with you. You can't love God. Who you haven't seen and hate your brother who you have seen. He's made in God's image. You're supposed to love him. People are easier to love than somebody you don't see. Because God has ordained that we live through, that he lived through us. That we're seeing little bits of God through one another. And that's the way he's ordained it. You can't love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength without loving your neighbor as yourself. problem is people like that measure themselves against the wrong thing in fact they're measuring themselves all the time they're never content they've always got to look at what somebody else is doing what somebody else has got what some of how they say it and is they nice they nice i'm nicer than they are how come they get everything and i don't get nothing huh So here the the wayside. Yeah. Those people don't even try. They just come to church, get checked off for the day. Mm-hmm. That word goes nowhere. Amen. Or they go to a church because of the connections they can get there. Yeah. Yeah. They're looking for the right single man. Because yeah. 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 the last three they had, or should I say six? Was that woman at the wellhead? How many? Seven or something like that? Five. Yeah, see, and, and see, they figure I go meet one in a church this time because I was in a bar the last time. I was in the gym the time before that. I was at my daycare the time before, the kids' daycare the time before that. 
So maybe I'll go to church and see if I can meet one up in there. Hmm? So they just go. They go to a big church because of the number that they think they can. It's like a cattle call. Huh? Then they want to get on Facebook and waste your time asking you a million questions. Just pay attention when you get there. The next place you go, don't go looking for no man. Just, you know, go looking for God. That's the wayside. Huh? Didn't even hit the ground. Huh? It's a blind sower. Somebody can't see, and he said, did I hit the ground with that yet? Hmm? Just looking. Anything. That's how they wind up with anything five times. And go get anything again. They keep trying to prod preachers and ask them questions. Well, a lot of them on there give you a prophecy for $50, $100. See, before you just hooked up with a dude that wouldn't take care of you and your babies. You got somebody now that's going to take you to the cleaners and clean your clock. Huh? You let them get your credit card on repeat, donate, and see what happens. You'll have issues for sure. Keep messing around and playing around when God's provided for you. So they, the seed goes by the wayside. A lot of ways that that happens. Man. Some fell on stony places. Shallow. Not much depth. People who talk like they know God, but they're more mouth than they are spirit. Mm -hmm. You start talking to them about things that most Christians ought to know, and they start looking at you nervous. Mm -hmm. Out of their league already. They have no depth. So the word can't really get rooted and grow and produce in them. But they run around talking a good game and will argue with you that they are a child of God and they know Jesus. But they make fun of church people all the time. Huh? Make jokes about the church all the time make jokes about the faithful women of the church everything's a joke to them because they have no depth in them and they sprung up because they had no some fell on stony places where they didn't have much ground and forthwith they sprung up because they had no depthness of earth and when the sun was up they were scorched because they had no root they withered away So, in other words, don't spend your time with people like that. 
You try to feed them the word. You try to disciple them. You try to get them to understand things. They don't have enough depth. And they disappear for like six months, seven months, two years, come straggling back in and stay for another two months, three months, wither away. Huh? Wither away. See, they hear, but it's such a contest to them. See, they got so much religion mixed in with this other thing that they're trying to be spiritual and they feed that more because you know i got to prove to them i know as much as they do you know they always telling me them scriptures and always trying to make they don't understand they don't even have enough depth in their spirit to receive water when they're thirsty they think it's a contest between you and them you got to prove you they know as much as you do about the word she always trying to tell me how to live my life and well we both christians we're supposed to be fellowshipping in the word what happened to that I don't care if it's your mom or your daddy. They'll tell you, I've been in church longer than you. I know this. I know that. And they're dying. Huh? Don't take it personal. It's only business, folks. You got me? Because it'll hurt your feelings if you look and ask daddy and, and he didn't rebuke you and you love him so much. You're just trying to get him to understand daddy don't want it. Huh? Daddy don't want it. If he gonna pull rank on you, he's got cancer in his body, he gonna pull rank on you and tell you he know as much word as you do. You're already on the wrong page, okay? Let's just get over where he can handle things a little bit. Well, Daddy, humor me. I just want to pray for you, okay? Would you take some prayer? Baby steps. Got to back up some. Just be assured that they understand that if they will repent of their sins, Jesus will let them in. You got me? It's not God's will anybody perish. Some fell among thorns. The thorns sprung up and choked them. Thorns. Thorns. Thorns always speak of the world. Tongue talking, but worldly. Baptized in the Holy Spirit, been in a spirit-filled church, confirmed word church, but worldly. They can't wait to get away from us so they can get around their own kind. Huh? Worldly. The company you keep either nourishes you, encourages you, or chokes you. Let me tell you what choking feels like. How come you can't go shopping on Saturday sometimes? 
You've got to be in that church all them hours mm-hmm. on a Saturday. How come y'all don't have a, a midweek service like everybody else? Huh? You mean they make you carry pails out and set up meetings and go early? You've got to drive your pastor out of ch- town? They should pay somebody to do that. That was choking. See? See, that's your friend, and they've got their hands around your throat all the time you're around them. And you think they like you. Huh? The better question is not so much why you're with them, but why you don't spend more time with people who can challenge you to live more fully in God and feed the word that's already in you. You've got a choice to make. You can either get yourself rooted deeply in soil that will nourish you and furnish you and feed you, or you can go around people who choke the life out of you every time you encounter them. Sometimes it's not so obvious. Sometimes they play games with you. Oh, we like you. Huh? Got any more scriptures? Huh? Got any more CDs? I like them CDs you give me. Huh? But they're far from where you are. So they flatter you with how much they say they think you know. See, that's why it's hard to get the hundredfold. 30, 60, 100, take your pick. Everybody wants the hundred, but we don't want to live the hundredfold life. Because that means we're going to have to just get ourselves a little shave. Snip, snip, snip. Snip, 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 snip. Then when you're down to the nub, then God grafts you and ties you into somebody that you think don't like you. But they're good for your spirit. Good for your spirit. He ain't worried about your flesh. You're to be dead to that. You're crucified with Christ. He died to all that stuff. Huh? You think the woman at the well wouldn't have loved to go and tell the town that he hit on her? 
I done found number six, honey. Oh, yeah. That Jesus y'all following around like and all that, honey. Let me tell you what he said to me. That's why he rocked her world. All she could say was, I found a man who told me everything I ever did. And it blew my mind. That's how a godly man keeps women off of him. He uses spiritual weapons. Huh? Spiritual weapons. He doesn't try and make her feel small, tear her down, anything like that. But he just uses spiritual weapons. Got it? So, yeah, how you hear is real important. It's real important. What are you here for? What are you in the ministry for? What are you under the word for? I mean, you talk to God about it. God, what am I here for? What can I do with this? I know what I've been doing with it. What can I do with it? Where can I take it that's going to make it bigger, greater, more of what you want it to be? I want to be a person of increase. I want to have the words that I speak to people confirmed. I want to be able to lay hands on the sick myself and see them recover. I don't want just to get rid of a headache or a pain or intercede for somebody with the rest of the group and you don't know whose faith did what you understand what i'm saying you want to know what you got won't hurt you to know what you got you know why because he's so eager to give us so much more he's so he, he never looks at what we lack he looks at what he wants us to become what he's empowered us to become It's not a hard look, folks. It's not a hard look at all. Where am I anyway? What time is it? All right. Oh, five minutes. (laughs) Wonderful. What can I do in five minutes? So how do we hear? We'll just have to do the rest of this another time. Maybe I'll finish it at healing school at the conference or something. But yeah. But anyway, how do you hear? Do you hear and then give up and turn away from the truth? Hear a little bit of truth, like the person by the wayside. Just scattered your seed, and I listened to this. I heard Benny Hinn before. This is not a contest to see who heard Benny Hinn once. This is your life. You're sick in your body. You need the great physician. It's very important how we hear. Cynics will make light of the word. Instead of receiving it as the bread of life. They make light of it. But we need to eat the word so that we can receive eternal life. How you hear determines how you hold on to the word. Are you listening so that it will get inside of you, that you will own this word, that you was, or is it just something you're just listening to to see what's in it for right now? Gleaning. I remember people, that was a big word back in the 90s. Oh, I like to come to your meetings. I glean so much. Well, if that's, you know, God has a table 
place at the table for you. Gleaner, gleaning is for the, the unsaved. It's for the stranger. It's for the foreigner. It's for the outside of the covenant people. Why are you out there eating like a, a, a sinner? You need to come and sit at the Father's table. The children's bread is healing. Huh? Healing is the children's bread. People could be so retarded sometimes. You know, they try to be sound deep. How you hear determines if you will hold on to the word or hold on to what you currently believe. Now, when you're sick, there's something you're believing that's not the word. You're believing a lie. Hmm? Birthed by the father of lies. See, when I say lie, people get offended. Something inside of them goes, Uh A lie just isn't the truth. Well, I I don't mean it's true. I mean it's a fact. It's not a fact either. It's a temporary situation. See, your answers to why you believe that will determine how long you're going to keep it. And some people will argue, you know, you're trying to minister the word and they'll argue with you. Oh, no, I went to the doctor and they found this. Oh, no, you don't understand. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. No, as long as you oh, no, the word. And as long as I don't understand. Because, see, I don't want to understand sickness. I want to understand Jesus. I want to understand the word. I want to understand. I don't have time to to spend my time on both understandings. I can only do one. I don't have enough years to go back and try to understand the devil, iniquity. I know the Bible says it's a mystery. That's enough for me. I don't have to go no further with it. I'm going further with God because the Bible tells me that I'm to attend to his word. I'm to study his word diligently. Got me? And then he will bless me according to my diligence in studying the word. So I want to be diligent about it. Eat it up all the time. You got me? Have time for that. So if I don't understand your situation, let's just call it a draw. You understand I don't. I'm on my way to, to healing. I don't know where you're on your way to. You'll stay there if you want to, but I'm going with Jesus. In the matter of healing, you must believe what God says about healing. You've got to believe what he says. You can't have any ifs, ands, buts, or exceptions, or maybe this is, or maybe that. But you don't understand. This is a new disease. He said none of these diseases. What diseases? Any you can think of. Because they're all thought up by people. So whatever disease you're talking about, none of them. He said, I don't put disease on my people. I heal you. See, I heal my people. Huh? Now, sinners outside the covenant, they can get disease because that's all that's offered to them. But you, I heal you. I don't put disease on you. Huh? Why? Because I don't hold your sins against you anymore. So there's no ground for me to put sickness on you. I paid for you not to be sick. Well, does that mean we can never be sick? If you don't want to, you don't have to. That's that's on you. According to your faith, be it unto you. That's your decision to make. 
What do you want? People like to be sick when it's convenient and then they want to be well. When they get tired of that, they want to be well all of a sudden. You got to make up your mind where you want to reside. The Bible says all things are possible if you believe. You must believe that healing is paid for by the atonement of Jesus. Full payment. You have to believe that healing is part of the curse of the broken law. You're not a lawbreaker anymore. You're not a sinner and a transgressor. You got me? You have a different status because of your covenant of righteousness. But you don't know what I did. I know if you stop, we won't have to have this conversation again. What, you want to do some more so you can earn disease? You're redeemed from the curse of the law. You need to believe, you have to believe that Jesus owns healing. You can't get it from any place else. Oh, but you know what? I had strep throat and I went to the doctor. Well, listen. If you couldn't get to a doctor... That strep throat is temporary. If you'll believe it's temporary. You can wait any disease out. There have been people over the years, centuries, there's always exceptions to every. When the black plague hit Europe, there were pockets of people that didn't get it. And they tried to study the pockets of people and people don't even understand how some people didn't get it. They believe some people had it and, and were asymptomatic. Huh? I think sometimes it's a matter of attention. Attention, meditation, your mind is a hotbed of conception. Your mind is birthing babies all the time. It's got ideas, it's got details to go with the ideas. It's got the number of days you're going to get off work. How high your temperature is going to be. You're going to jump in that bed one of these days and the devil going to meet you in there showing up. Huh? (laughs) Typhoid Mary was a woman that was in New York City. She was a cook. And she would cook for wealthy people. And the family she cooked for, they were dying of typhoid fever and they couldn't imagine where it was coming from and a health department doctor started analyzing who was in the house who was contagious and they noticed this mary was going around cooking for everybody and they said well he said well is mary sick no mary's not sick mary's healthy they finally caught up with her and tested her and she was a carrier but she wasn't sick You can be a carrier and not sick. You don't have to be perfect in the way you live. You'll make mistakes. 
There'll be things you find out that you've been believing that are wrong. And, and all of that stuff dwelling on the inside of you and you're not sick. You're not going to the doctor. There's nothing wrong with you. You're walking around on two feet. Huh? You can sin and repent and the curse don't fall on you. You don't get tired huh? because you're redeemed. You're a carrier. You carry it to the altar of God and you repent of it and he removes the curse. covers the rest of it till the devil makes you slip up and jump out there and then you're embarrassed you said that to somebody I don't know what to do now God I, I'm supposed to love people well, you found out you wasn't all that huh no harm no foul we all do it that's why his blood keeps testifying on our behalf it keeps speaking better things See, it keeps speaking better things. There's something better for you. I'll forgive you, but there's something better for you. I can help you to do better. I know you want to do better. Huh? That's what it speaks. He doesn't throw us to the dogs just because we make one mistake. Huh? Researchers believe that everybody has cancer cells in their body to a greater or lesser degree. How do some people get sick with it and it take them out of here? And some people just go to the grave, never bothered them. Hmm? Focus. How much time do you spend feeling, noticing, running here, running there? My parents didn't have time for that. Huh? Now, if they woke up one morning and couldn't move, it was a whole different show. But they weren't rushing up in some getting tested for this and tested for that, preventing this and preventing. How are you going to prevent? You better get under the blood. If you want prevention, you better dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. It's the only prevention you're going to get. Or early detection. I ain't looking for it. I'm trying to stay away from why I want to detect it early. What's early going to do for me? It's going to take more years away from you. Worry and fear and chemo and Nemo and they burn that out of you and burn this in you and radiate this and radiate that. Sometimes you're doing good if you can't afford all that. Now you gotta try to believe God. You gotta try to get in the Word. You gotta try to. <laughs> I was I was thinking about that. Remember when Howard went to the the doctor? He thought he was something was wrong with his heart. He just went to the doctor to get his uh, medication adjusted, and they wound up putting him through the ringer, man. He, we kept calling. Howard kept calling. Pray for me. Well, Howard, whenever you decide that you're done, you'll be done. Now, how can you say that? You say that by faith. You can say that by the unction of the Spirit. But here's a man who's walked in divine health. Got me? He's walked away from accidents and all kinds of things just believing God. 
First of you got four kids and a wife. You got to keep working. You can't take your time. This brother, this brother knows what he got to do. So he just goes about. He ain't got time to be sick. Howard was sitting there. He was waiting on some heart echocardiogram or something. And one day went by, and they said, "Oh yeah, you're on the list." We, now you're dying. Your heart's failing. They got you on the list for the test, and you're in the hospital. So he said, "I was sitting there in the, on the bed, Pastor Shirley. I was on that bed, and the guy told me he said, "Well, the machine's broke." I don't know when we'll be able to do that test. He said, it dawned on me. I said, no, you know what, mister? I'm leaving. It's time for me to go now. I'm done. He's convinced, you know. See, there's a place where your soul is convinced. There's nothing wrong with you. That's been over, what, five years ago or something? How we're still, <laughs> still healthy. Still doing well. He's not sick. He's not debilitated. He's not works every day. He's still Howard. In order to be healed, you have to realize that healing is for everybody. You're not special. You're not select. Well, you are, but others are too. You got me? You're not above anybody. Jesus owns healing because he himself took our infirmities. When he was beaten with stripes, they were for us to be healed. So he owns healing. There is no healing from the devil. There is no healing from medicine. There is alleviation of symptoms from medicine, but if you've got high blood pressure, you will have to take those pills for life. If you're diabetic, you will have to do that for life. You know, they say, well, we can control it, you know, if you... Lose some weight and do some this, but then you lose the weight and you still get the symptoms. Because you never fought that thing with the word. See, I don't care about taking medicine, but you got to have the word. You got to take the word too. There was a woman on the cover of a, a Detroit newspaper some years ago, and she was saying how she had found the Lord. She had been, was uh, HIV positive. She had full blown AIDS. And she was on medicine and she said, and I just, what I do every time I take my pill and I say, thank you, Jesus, for healing me. And she takes her pill. One day, that word is going to overtake that pill. You know how I know? Because the pill's effects are only temporary. God's word is eternal. See, she's putting eternity into her body every time she says the word, even though she's taken the pill. And she's letting God know that she trusts him over and above what she's taking by mouth. She reminds God, I am believing you for my total healing. God's a jealous God. His name is jealous. He's not going to share his glory with anybody. God's will is healing for all. You must have believed that. You must believe healing is a provision of his covenant with man. It's a provision. 
It's already provided. It's already there's already room in the Bible that provides for that. Yeah. Already provide. So it's not like you're asking God to heal you and He's got to think about. He ain't thinking about nothing about except why you keep staring at looking at him and wondering. This is a covenant of blood. A bloodless covenant will not do it. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. You've got to have your sin sent away from you and removed from you in order to partake of divine health and healing. And righteousness must be imputed to you. It can't be worked up by you. It's got to be imputed to you. You don't get healed because you confess the word uh, 40 times in one hour and you read your Bible for two hours. You get it because it's imputed to you because you believe God above what you hear. You believe him above what Oprah tells you 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 got to do uh, to take care of your spirit or, uh, you know, to to live well. Or whatever she and Jake's cook up on that stage, yes. you know you're all you're all lions on the inside. Yes. Everybody, see this is for everybody. Whether you're covered by the blood, bought by the blood or not, it's everybody's got this great thing inside of them. Well, that's all true, but how to get that great thing out? See, that's where they're gonna close the door on all these preachers. When you start, they try to start trying to hold your feet to the fire. You promised me I had greatness inside of me. And I've been sitting here buying your tapes and listening to you for 10, 15, 20 years. Where's my great thing? See, when people get tired of hearing that and they fall away, that's the great falling away, folks. Just like you had 20,000 on the roll today, tomorrow you can have two. Because they all fell away because what, you, what they were blowed up on, your words, doesn't hold them anymore. Yeah. Jesus is the only one who can hold a sheep. Yeah. Huh? He's the only one who can hold a sheep. It's the word of God and the gospel message that will hold a sheep. It's not great swelling words filled with man's wisdom, but it is the gospel preached and confirmed with signs following. If there are no signs following, that is not the gospel. It's just great swelling words full of man's wisdom. Men want to promise you things because they have things. They got a lot of books they sell. They very popular, and they promise that to you. Because they couldn't possibly let you know what they really think. So they promise it to you. You got greatness in you. Well, you know, you can just gotta hold on. When God starts to reveal to people who you really are, oh boy, you're going to be able to shop. Everybody jumps up with their hankies and waves them. But the word is never confirmed with signs following. 
If it is, you tell me. If it is, you tell me. I've never seen anybody healed in any of those meetings. Deliverance doesn't mean you're not delivered because you jump up out of your chair and feel good. You can get that when you get a vitamin B shot at the doctor. It's an old joke, but wake up, y'all. You made me say that. Huh? So you got to be careful how you spend your time, folks. I'm telling you. Because you look in the book of Acts and you don't see, you see 5,000 saved and prayed in tongues at the very same time. The word confirmed with signs following. You see Peter and the rest of the apostles were able to go into a city and the whole city turns upside down. They turn to the gospel and they preach and they pray in tongues and they get other people converted and saved with the same ability that they have. Where are the confirmations of God's word? Got a handful of them hard at it, and they're being pulled in every direction. But that, that era is ending. The time of the preacher that was the only one. It's the age of the believer now. Where God wants to empower you as a neighbor to go lay hands on your neighbor's sick child. Because there's no help for him. Oh, you know what? We got Obamacare now and everybody can have keep their own doctor and have their you gotta get on a list now, folks. You used to be able to have what you wanted, but now you gotta be on a list. Unless somebody comes up with something they knew going into it they couldn't afford it. Can't afford what we're doing now. Got half the people on Medicare, some kind of government assistance for health care can't afford that that's going bankrupt where's that money going to come from but see you because you have gifts oh you got greatness in you but yours came out because he paid his blood for you that's how you have greatness in you you have the greater one living in you huh so all you're doing is being taught how to yield to the greater one, not the greatness, but the greater one who is in you. You won't know what you got in you until you meet the Lord. Until you start walking in righteousness. You won't know the half of what's on the inside of you. God is waking up people to understand that they have an ability far beyond anything that they could ask or think. And it gets fed when you hear the word, when you incline your ear, when you begin to get hungry for the power of God, not the words of God, not excitement. Not going to a stadium full of people and telling how wonderful it was. I mean, that's all good. But listen, your neighbor's dying and he can't afford health care. What are you going to do? You're going to sit there. That's the same neighbor that every time you needed something, they were there. They gave you uh, food when you didn't have it. They loaned you money to pay a bill when you didn't have it. They, when you, their kid went to 
college, they let your kid have his car. What are you going to do? You're going to sit him and let him die. Because you go to a church that just has great swelling words and you get excited when you go. And you didn't know you could ever get empowered to help your neighbor. It's important that we hear, folks. It's important that we hear the word of God. We hear it accurately. We give our full attention to it. We don't let anything come and choke it. I don't care how much you like them and they like you. If they're chokers, get away from them. Huh? Well, really, to be honest with you, you don't even have to get away from people. If you stand with God, the chokers will leave you. Huh? They go choke somebody else. Huh? Or they go find their own kind. Huh? But they'll leave you. Well, then, Barb, I don't have any friends. You don't need any. Not until you learn what a real friend is. See, we don't know what a real friend is. That's why God separates you from all those hangers on. All them people you used to know back in the day and all that kind of stuff. You never run into those people anymore. He's protecting what he's put on the inside of you. You think people don't like you, honey. They love you. They'd like to get at you. But God won't let them. His name is Jealous. His name is Jealous. In anything you receive from God, righteousness must be the standard. And that not of ourselves, but God's righteousness. And he guards our minds and our hearts until we are converted. He puts a guard up over your mind and over your heart. There's a gate there that cannot be broken into to steal the word. That's how sometimes, you know, when you start seeking God in the word for healing and you start feeling a little bit better. And you can go a long time feeling a little bit better before that starts to wear down a little bit because he puts a guard over what he's deposited on the inside of you so that the enemy can't break through and steal it from you. Your heart's right. You're doing the best you can. You're receiving the word. You're trying. trying. You're, you're yielding yourself and doing the best you can before God. He has to protect what he's invested in you. Because that investment goes beyond your life. He's got overflow in mind, honey, for all of us. Anytime he imparts something to you, he's not just healing you for you. He's got overflow in mind. He's got healing ministry in mind. He's got understanding people, uh, people that will come to you in their hour of need and you will wait for the unction of God and minister to those people. Because you're not afraid of that. See, you're not so much tied up in yourself. If he can get us healed and get us quit thinking about what's going to happen to us, we'd have some overflow to give somebody. But he can't do it with a sick body. That's why he wants us well. That's why he'll have me make an enemy out of you just to get the truth in you. Huh? I'll fight you toe-to-toe on this one because I know the word is true. 
I don't have to have experienced anything in God's word to know it's true. You understand me? I'm going to take it at face value. His word is true. And I believe that. He guards your mind until you're converted. Conversion carries with it unfailing faith. That's why you want to be converted. That's why you want to stay with this until you quote unquote get it, till you own it, till you possess it and it possesses you. Huh? What did Jesus tell Peter? He said, Peter, the devil, Satan has desired to have you and sift you like wheat. That's got to burn. Huh? I mean, you put that wheat through that hard sieve and just rub the husk off of it to get down to the bare kernels. <laughs> Man, that's rough. But Jesus said, don't worry about it. He says, I prayed for you that your faith would not fail. Not that you won't go through a little. But when that starts, you'll be able to get it to lift because your faith is in me. So your faith won't fail. The devil's not going to take you under. He's not going to take you down. He said, I prayed for you that your faith would not fail. And in this sifting process, you can either give in and quit or you can be converted. He said, but because I prayed for your faith not to fail, you're going to be converted. And there'll come a day when you won't be double-minded. You won't be saying, Lord, I'll die for you. And then go and cuss somebody out because they said they saw you with me. You understand what I'm saying? You ain't going to do that no more, Peter. You're going to be. Huh? You're going to be straight. He said, because when Jesus prays for you, you straight. Huh? He said, I already prayed for you. So you're going to be straight. He sees us straight, folks. So conversion gives you faith that will not fail. It won't fail. The only thing that will happen is that you will quit on it. You get tired of going from meeting to meeting and you don't get your miracle. He's prayed for you so your faith won't fail. So you get up and go again. You get mad because you didn't get it, and then you get up and go again. Huh? And you go again, and you don't get it, and you get mad, and you get up and you go again. And then one day, you quit getting mad because you didn't get it. You're converted. You're converted. You're converted. He says, and when you are converted... Not while you're in the sifting process. Not while you get mad every five minutes because you don't get what God, you think God's supposed to give you. And he ain't treating you right. Uh-huh. Right. They don't do me right. Uh-huh. I've been working in this ministry for ten years and I ain't got nothing I'm supposed to get. You understand what I'm saying? Now, you, you can't help nobody when you're in that condition. He says when you are converted... Then you strengthen somebody. 
Huh? Problem many times is we got weak people indoctrinating each other to their weakness. Amen. Hmm? They no more converted, no more got unfailing faith. All they're doing is growing up a lot of weaklings like they are. When you're converted, strengthen your brother. That means when you believe the word, nothing but the word, and nothing else but the word. So help you God. Huh? You don't have any goofy ideas about, well, the reason, well, you know, you, know, you don't have to really believe all of that. You're not converted yet. You find exceptions to God's rule, you're not converted yet. But Jesus has prayed for all of us that our faith would not fail. Sometimes your symptoms are your sifting. He's already prayed you through to health. Just stay in the sifter. Huh? A little irritation, a little pain here, a little swelling there, a little pill you take. It's a sifter. Huh? Just keep believing God. Keep telling the devil you can't have me. Satan, I don't belong to you. I'm redeemed from the curse of sickness. I'm born for the blood of the Lamb. Huh? Keep rebuking that. Keep building your faith. Keep convincing your soul that it doesn't dominate your life. It's not running things anymore. It's not running this anymore. And when you're strength when you're converted, you can strengthen other people. And when you're converted, you're healed. Spirit, soul, mind, and body. Your soul is converted. Your soul is healed. You don't even think like a sick person anymore. And you look back and you say, I can't believe I stayed in that condition for so long. Huh? Quit judging where you've been. Because you have a tendency to go back. Huh? Just keep going. You don't have to believe you went through all that. Huh? All you got to do is believe in your future. Believe in what God wants to do with you from this point on. Forgetting what, behind, what is behind, Paul said. Just keep pressing. That's a testimony for a, an appropriate time. But you keep pressing on toward what God has for you. Amen? Why don't we stop? Father, we love you and we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that all things are possible to us because we believe you. We believe you 100%, Lord, and we love you, and we thank you for blessing us with health, healing, wholeness, soundness in every way. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. If anybody needs prayer to be healed, come on up and I'll pray for you. Pastor Shirley and I will pray for you, and we'll get you together in a very short time. Praise God.